Hey everyone, welcome to the Green Scene Podcast. I'm Jeremy Safran. TGSP is the top global cannabis podcast. Everyone has questions and we'll cover the stories that matter and showcase the guests who make a difference. This week on TGSP, we speak with a Denver-based company that is becoming one of the largest cannabis consumer brands in the world. Certainly a bit of luck and, and, and fortune on our side for, for just happening to be in Denver where uh, legalization began. So a little bit of luck, a lot of hard work, and, and certainly built on partnerships that you mentioned. We talked not only about the success behind the company, but the principles that led them to where they are and Canada. You know, Canada's stealing our lunch, you know, as Americans <laughs> and as the United States, a right. forward-thinking government, you know, sensible regulation. How do we do this on a large scale <clears throat> as a real business and allow, allow this industry to flourish? And in a lot of ways, you know, I, I know me and myself and many of, of my counterparts down here in the U.S. look to Canada with uh, respect and a little bit of envy. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Green Scene Podcast. I'm Jeremy Saffron. A big shout out this week to our listeners around the globe. It's because of you that we're able to tell the cool stories we tell. Now, we have an exciting show today. We speak with Chris Driesen, partner and president of Organa Brands. The company was built around oil, a lot of oil. In fact, Organa Brand produces about a million grams of refined cannabis oil every year. It's a staggering amount. And so, how did they get there? We asked. Yeah, absolutely. So Organa Brands uh, uh, actually started back in 2010 as Organa Labs, which uh, uh, still runs to this day. It's the oldest licensed CO2 extraction lab for cannabis uh, in the United States, maybe the world. Mm -hmm. um, that's that. Our roots were here in Colorado. Our corporate uh, headquarters is still here in Denver. And so we, we started back then. Since then, have grown uh, to have extraction labs in 12 states and two countries. Um, so so our, our small little company that started here in the Rocky Mountains has certainly grown into a, a powerhouse mechanics industry. I asked Chris about how their company climbed to the top. You see, they were introducing a fairly new product at the time that not many people were educated about. So they did things a little bit differently. And perhaps they knew that concentrates would be the next big product in a market that even in Colorado was still dominated by traditional flour. You know, it was a handful of things, but that certainly was one of them. Obviously, we can't we can't be the the size distributors and manufacturers that we are without having great dispensary partners in all of these different markets to 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 do business with and to grow together with. Um, mm -hmm. We we did things a little bit differently. So in 2012, Organa Labs really uh, open vape came on the scene. You know, we it started out as a vape pen. CO2 oil, of course, was our uh, our, our extraction methodology. Still is. Uh, and in 2010, nobody really knew what that meant. If you think back eight, ten years ago, that that you know really concentrates as a whole. You had some Rick Simpson oil, you had hash, of course, Keith, and people were kind of starting to understand what you know what the the potential was for extracted or infused products. Um, but it was very avant-garde. You know, the machines were very expensive, the technology, the hardware to consume those things hadn't really caught up yet. So we had to come up with a, a bit of a different way to work with dispensaries. To, to really get our products out there. And so uh, 
we went across and did such a couple of things a little bit differently than than most companies that we compete against. The mm-hmm. first was exactly what you said, forming partnerships with dispensaries. How do we drive traffic to your stores? How are we going to get you know your name on the map? It's not really about our products. It's about your store, and we just want to be a valued partner in those stores. The second thing we did, and probably the most important uh, um, uh, por- portion of our company at that time, was market expansion. You saw mm-hmm. so many companies say, I want to ramp out the products, I want to make a hundred things, and then I want to rule the roost wherever their home was. And for us, we wanted to do one product really, really well, and at the time that was open vape, and we wanted to expand that. So we took a different approach in that we opened up several markets, Washington, Oregon, California in the very early days. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then of course, you know, what happened with vape pens and, and concentrates in general, certainly a bit of luck and, and, and fortune on our side for, for just happening to be in Denver where uh, legalization began. So a little bit of luck, a lot of hard work, and, and certainly built on partnerships that you mentioned. When the company was formed in 2010, stigma was still an issue, even in Colorado. So how did Organa Brands deal with that and become the brand that is sold in more states than anyone in the cannabis space? Chris says that that stigma is almost completely removed where he's at. I talk about it a lot being in Colorado. I live in a suburb just south of Denver that could be any any suburb really in in North America. Mm-hmm. Um you know, Beaver Cleaver and Apple Pie and all those kind of things. And even in that place, uh just being here in this legalized environment, the stigma's almost been completely removed. Super common to see the soccer mom stop in, you know, uh, go through the Whole Foods, stop by the dry cleaning, stop by the dispensary. Right. Or to see the business executive, rather than going in the liquor store to pick up his bottle of scotch, he's going in the dispensary next door to pick up his vape pen instead. And, mm-hmm. and what you've seen with that is just the acceptance universally, it seems like, in Colorado, whether you're a grandma or, or, or a soccer mom, business executive, a young person just getting out of school, um, you know, cannabis has, has really been indoctrinated into a lot of people's lives here. And certainly the public data suggests that that's been a positive thing. So you have a market in which many companies are trying to get a piece. I asked Chris how his company runs their marketing channels and how they have become so known in the industry that's ever evolving. Yeah, you know, I, we say it a lot that that, that we're a, a marketing and distribution company that that happens to be fortunate enough to be in the cannabis industry. But what you're seeing is the widespread commoditization of cannabis across the Western United States. Canada is about to to face the same thing over the next couple of years. That it's an agricultural input. <laughs> is it a sacred plant? Does it have all kinds of health benefits? Is it very unique? Absolutely. But in the end, it's an agricultural commodity. So the way that what you're seeing happen across the, the U.S. now is just the wholesale uh, uh, collapse of the wholesale market on on the price of the raw material. Right. And so it's becoming commoditized. Well, when it becomes commoditized, what do you have left? You have left, you know, what is the standing of your company, the reputation? And a lot of that really boils down to how well have you built your brand? Because in the end, if we're all selling similar commoditized things, what what's your unique selling proposition? What sets you apart? And almost always that comes back to your brand, and, and certainly we've got a crack marketing team uh, here in Colorado and across the country, and so our brand largely has been built on our marketing efforts, which, which in my opinion speak for themselves. 
Part of that marketing strategy comes with creative ideas. Organa Brands launched the very first in-airport cannabis ads inside the TSA security trays in Southern California. And Chris says that they really try to be new and avant-garde and promote a healthy lifestyle that goes with the brand. Back to kind of kind of getting our roots in Colorado, you know, we're the canary in the coal mine for for a lot of things as it relates to, to legalization, but it's a small market overall. You know, we, we punch above our weight class, particularly here at home because of the, the huge tourism that Colorado receives. But, you know, we took our lumps here early on when it was still very new. It was still very uh, avant-garde, like I said earlier. Um, and so to, to get into things when you're dealing with placing, you know, the, the trays into uh, into an airport. We did that at the Ontario airport out in California, and, um, mm. you know, it, it really just exposes not only your brand, but the cannabis industry as a whole as, as being part of a healthy lifestyle. You're, you're able to inject that into so many new people's lives, and certainly in a place the size and, and population in California, what a tremendous responsibility, but what also, also a tremendous opportunity. As we've discussed on TGSP before, the industry is always evolving, but it's also quite new. So it's just the start of the budding industry, no pun intended there. But we also always talk about how it's not just about the flour and the oil anymore. I got Chris's take on where the industry may head towards, and we also get to talk about the transition into the Canadian market. You know, now we make uh, just our own company, Organa Brands. The, the the shift from open vape into Organa Brands was really to signify us becoming a true house of brands. Um, we really have three core purposes at our company, and that, that's really based around EBD. So the E is mass extraction. We physically want to produce more cannabis oil across our network than anybody else in the country, and right now we do that by a pretty wide margin, uh, again, across our network. Two, um, we, we want to, if you have a lot of oil obviously that oil needs to go into a lot of different things and mm -hmm. so the beauty of cannabis oil is it can make everything from uh, a vape pen a concentrate a, a pressed tablet a soft gel really it can go into hundreds maybe thousands of different forms of final products um, so we want to develop world-class brands that appeal to different demographics across many different viable categories and that are segmented properly via price in those categories so we want to be able to touch as many hearts and minds as, as we can and, and we know that everybody consumes cannabis in different ways you know some people take a pill some people have a vape pen some people like to dab some people you know good old-fashioned joint will work um, some right. of us like myself like all of the above but right. it, it allows us to, to really influence hearts and minds across a wide variety of brands and then the last and probably most uh, competitive advantage my company has is the size and scope of our distribution network you know we sell a product of ours somewhere in the world every four and a half seconds uh, wow. We cater to roughly about 1,400 dispensaries across our across our network. And I'll also take it back to, to finish up the answer from your previous question about where is extraction going. Mm -hmm. um, right now, it's all about scale. You know, the technology changes, much like TVs or computers or anything else, constantly. It's ever-changing. It's ever-improving. It's ever-evolving. And really where the industry's at now has been, been, and you're seeing this particularly in the Western U.S., and Canada's going to become, the, very quickly become the, uh, the epicenter of, of where this takes place, um, is the scaling of the extraction process. 
us moving right. at a larger scale, more automation, more throughput, more capacity, obviously, to, to satiate a much larger market. You know, Canada, in a lot of ways, is, is comparable to California by way of population, um, and you've got some really large things happening there. Certainly, we're, we're really blessed to be partners with both uh, Canopy <coughs> excuse me, and uh, Greenhouse North America. We've mm-hmm. uh, joint ventured together and formed a joint venture in uh, an LP there in Ontario called AgriFarm, and it's really going to be where we demonstrate a massive scaled operation. The beauty of Canada, uh, Canada as you know, is you have a federal government that, that is, is uh, positive about what you're doing, is put regulation in place to allow for the growth of an industry. And in a lot of ways, you know, Canada's stealing our lunch, you know, as <laughs> Americans and as the United States, a right. forward-thinking government, you know, sensible regulation. How do we do this on a large scale as a real business and allow allow this industry to flourish. And in a lot of ways, you know, I, I know me and myself and many of, of my counterparts down here in the U.S. look to Canada with uh, respect and a little bit of envy, you know, <laughs> saying, gosh, I wish our government was, was smart enough to figure out that there's a smart, safe, and responsible way to do this. But what it allows for is massive scale to take place, whether it's mm-hmm. on the cultivation side, certainly the processing uh, uh, side of things, and putting out products from a central location. Um, and more importantly, your access into the public markets that allow these businesses to be capitalized to experience that growth and be able to act on it. We all remember the scare that the markets endured when Jeff Sessions rescinded a memo and it became more of a prohibition dinosaur. Now, some people think that it was a great reminder to take things more serious and build better companies in a better industry. Chris thinks it was also a little bit of a hip check. There's no doubt about it. We, we, you know, more than anything, I think it, 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 it maybe just did a little bit of a hip check uh, into the institutional capital that's starting to flow in right. uh, to the ca- cannabis industry. When you look at folks like Constellation Brands that 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 put such a huge investment into canopy. Mm-hmm. Um, Man, that's a sign of the times. That's that's you know they were for, very forward thinking and, and ready to to take the leap before some of their peers. But that's not unique, mm-hmm. uh, whether it be hedge funds, private equity, large 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 sums of capital. Uh, are flowing into the industry, and I think what our attorney general, although misguided as it is, was really trying to do was was just maybe stem the stem the tide a little bit. Uh, right. Unfortunately for him, and very fortunately for us, I think he may have drawn the line in the sand and is now realizing that he is in the vast minority. Right. Uh, really, really proud of a lot of particularly Republican uh, policymakers in our country that stood up and said, "Wait a second, this this isn't right." You know, even here in, in Colorado. Colorado, our senator, one of our Republican senators, Cory Gardner, who has mm-hmm. never been a proponent of legalization, was very vocal about, look, I've, I'm here to represent the will of the Colorado voters, and the Colorado voters have made this a constitutional amendment that, that is a right in our state that was voted for, that was, was gotten a hard-fought victory for the citizens of Colorado, and it's his job to defend those rights. And so very, very tip of the cap to him. I don't always see eye to eye with him on his ideas but certainly respect the man for standing up for and putting his, his people in front of his party agenda. The folks at Organa Brands have built an organic brand, one which is continuing to make strides and passes the competition regularly. What are they up to over the next year? Well, more growth, of course. 
Yeah, absolutely. So we're always focused on market expansion. That's what we do as distributors and producers of products. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the next year we're going to have heavy, heavy focus, of course, in California, as you might imagine, but right. really getting ramped up in Canada, really being able to demonstrate a scaled operation of how things should be, how a, how a company can run. You know, it's no secret that here in the U.S. you've got to have all these crazy corporate structures to accommodate not only our, our draconian tax laws, but also okay. just the regulation of having to set up a silo in each individual state. Imagine having to set up a lab in Burlington, Vermont, that's similar to a lab in Berkeley, California. The demand's not the same. The throughput's not the same. So our biggest focus is moving into 2018, in addition to market expansion, is really executing well on Canada, also on California. We also have uh, some really dynamic products that are going to be hitting the market this year that I think uh, really, really, really step the game up in the cannabis industry and, and take us into a new era. A huge thank you to Chris for joining us on TGSP this week. That company and those folks are up to some serious business. And it's always, always interesting to me to see what companies that are entering the Canadian market and when you start to develop those partnerships with various companies in Canada, like Aurora, like Chris mentioned, and how that all fits in and takes place, as well as their strategy. All right, just a quick report on the week. Cannabis stocks saw some modest gains last week, and Ontario announced their branding strategy and had many insiders making waves about the simplicity of the brand. In fact, most people were making fun of it. Go check it out and tweet us at Green Scene Pod what your thoughts are. We'll talk to them as well in the podcast coming up in the following weeks. Also, Ontario announced that $40 million is going to be spent or at least funded for cannabis law enforcement in that province as we start to see regulation looming above us. Don't forget to rate and subscribe. Tell your friends about us. We are growing with you and appreciate the support. We'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us on TGSP this week. We hope you like the show. Don't forget to go to our website, www.thegreenscenepodcast.com, subscribe to us, and rate our podcast. We'll catch you next week.